to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. To the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McClendon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. He is out. The Buckos win. That ball's in well to left center field. Back toward the track. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, good morning. Welcome to Starbucks on this glorious Tuesday. Tuesday morning. This uh, glorious gym, second place Pirates. Tuesday morning. How are you all doing? Doing good. Um, beautiful Tuesday. Derby week here in uh, in Louisville. So oh, that's right. Big, uh, big times. Big, uh, big things happening this week. But uh, yeah, your Pirates, our Pirates, second place, eleven and eleven. I think they're two games back after uh, after last night's games. Right. So I said, how are you going to mess around and go in second place? How are you going to move up the standings on your day off? That's how good the Pirates are right now. They're yeah, unbeatable. They don't even have to play. Even, uh, even the first place team lost, so they, they, gained, they gained a half game. Right, right. So, I mean, this is like for real then, right? The Pirates, they're 500. They're going to play Kansas City. And then the Cubes, once again, I mean, clearly they're going to come out this whole week in first place, right? It's a good team. Okay, so Kansas City's no slouch though. Winners of five in a row, they're in first place in the AL Central. So, what is going on with the we'll Central see. teams? We will the Pirates see. in second yeah. place, the the Royals in first place. I haven't really watched the Royals much this year, so I'm not quite sure why they're as you know why they're what like they are, but um. <laughs> They're coming off a four-game sweep of the Tigers, so that that helps. You know, playing the Tigers is is a good thing, right? Um, and it looks like they had a Rangers series that they won, so they're pretty bad. They beat the Angels, beat the Blue. They took three out of four against the Blue Jays, so they've been playing. They've been playing good ball. Well, they haven't played the Pittsburgh Pirates yet, so that's true. That's true. You know what I mean? Right? Exactly. I mean, for real though, we're going to talk about the Pirates. Um, yeah, it's fun. I'm I'm having a blast watching the 500 Pirates, but I think it's not going to last too long here. Uh, and again, we'll talk about that. But I think first, before we talk about that, Jim, there's something way, way, way more important we need to talk about. Madison Bumgarner pitched a game the other day. It was a pretty good game. He um he threw the ball a lot of times. Nobody hit the ball, uh, and I'm not quite sure if we can deem it a no-hitter, but there's some controversy because, again, Madison Bumgarner did pitch a full, complete game, but that game was only seven innings, and baseball has deemed it's not going to call it a no-hitter. So I think we should get right into this and discuss this, and I'll tell you what. I haven't put out a poll there just just to get – you know what? It's, it's you and me on here, but let's kind of fill it out on all our listeners and followers – out of 400 people that voted on this, and I asked, was 
Yesterday's outing by Madison Bumgarner, a no-hitter. 73% said yes. 27 said no. It was not a no-hitter. So, as mentioned, let's dive into this. Let's talk. Jim, I'll give you the floor right now because I know you're pretty heated on this as, as well. Is this a no-hitter? So, according to the rule, the rule book that is in place right now, no, it's not a no-hitter. I'm right. here to tell so, you, though. Um, no, we're done. Uh, now we're moving on to the next I'm, segment. We're going to talk about this Pirates bullpen because thank you for answering it for me. We're moving on. <laughs> I'm here to tell you the role is stupid. Um, it's a dumb role. I, I don't see why it's so hard. You know, somebody brought up yesterday, like, just put no hitter and then a number seven in parentheses. Like, baseball put itself kind of in this bind where, listen, I think we can all agree these seven inning games are jokes. Like, they they suck, you know? I, I mean, something happens in the fifth inning and it's like, oh, man, that was a big hit because this game's almost over. Um, so I, I hate them. I don't like them. Um, but if Major League Baseball is going to deem a seven-inning game a complete game, like this, this, this game is seven innings long, and a pitcher goes out there and he doesn't give up a hit for that entire game, I don't care what your, your rule says. Like, that's a no-hitter. The dude pitched – the full game that you scheduled um, and he didn't give up a hit. It's no hitter. That's just, I mean, that's, that's what a no hitter is. I think we can all accept, we can kind of all agree that I think these things are, these things suck, but baseball made a game seven innings. So therefore a full game is seven innings. Now in the case of a double header, if you pitch a complete game, no hitter, it's a no hitter. Add, 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 no. I'm fine with an, I'm fine with an asterisk. I'm fine with no hitter parentheses seven, whatever, do something, but the dude threw a no hitter. He, he went out there through the entire game that was scheduled and he didn't get up a hit. I, I love all those numbers. I love all that information you provided me, but um, you keep saying, you know, it's a no hitter. It's a no hitter. Well, he threw seven innings. It was a game. It was a no hitter. Well, let me tell you what, a no-hitter by definition of <clears throat> MLB rulebook is an official no-hit game occurs when a pitcher or pitchers allow no hits during an entire course of a game, which you said that's true so far, comma, which consists of at least nine innings, at least nine innings, Jim, <clears throat> which also means if you had a scheduled nine-inning game and say you're a pitcher of the home team, Sorry, wait. <clears throat> you only pitched eight innings. That's what? That's not a no-hitter. Because it was at nine. So, of at least nine innings, in a no-hit game, a batter may reach base via a walk, an error, a hit by a pitch, a pass ball, or a wild pitch on strike three or catcher's interference. That is the complete definition of what a no-hitter is by MLB. Key point, which consists of at least nine innings. So, because Madison Bumgarner did not go out there and pitch seven innings, I'm sorry, nine innings. He only pitched seven because that's only what was scheduled for. He does not get credit for a no-hit because it is defined. MLB defined what a no-hitter is. We don't have to question it. We don't have to debate it. It's telling us this is not a no-hitter. Shut up. Go home. Enjoy this. It was fun. It's nice. But exactly what it was. It's cute. 
It's cute. You pitched seven innings. Congrats. So did Armando Galarraga. He pitched 8.2. I'm sure he would love to have only had a seven-inning game schedule that day. Again, I'm not saying that the against the the rule says what it says, right? I understand the rule. I'm telling you the rule is stupid. A Major League Baseball changed the definition of what a full game is. Therefore, a no-hitter should also be changed as well. Um, I brought up the example, you know, records get records and, and things happen all the time. You know, when, when changes are made to baseball, right. In 1961, major league baseball extended the season. They added, I think it was eight games to it or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Roger Maris broke the home run record that year. Did he still break the home run record or did he not because they played more games? Like he still broke the home run record. Yeah, they played more games, but he hit more home runs than anybody else. And what was defined as a full season. And my argument so to now, that is you so know, the now thing is Major they... League Baseball says a full game is seven innings. A full game is now seven innings. If Major League Baseball is gonna tell you, okay. This complete game is going to be seven innings now, and it's going to count the same as just a normal game, right? But it's seven innings, and you pitch a no-hitter, and that full game that Major League Baseball says was a full game, it's a no-hitter. The rule is stupid. The rule is wrong. It's written incorrectly. They need to change the rule. And I guess my argument to that is, so MLB did go from 154 to 162, right? And that was a change of the entire season. That's how baseball is going forward. So that's the new season. These are the same records. Yes, it does count. My thing is, if baseball changed the game again in its entirety, if baseball came out and said starting in 2021, MLB games are now seven innings. They did. They said that. That's it. They came out and said... This Mickey Mouse game is only seven innings. Not in okay, entirety. So it's still, not every game it's that's played. Still a game that counts in the standings. And the here's the thing, Jim. Here's the thing. If MLB did change the games for the entirety, right? For the 2021 season and going forward, games are just seven innings. If they also don't update this definition, and even though it's a seven inning game, you have to go into two extra inning games to co- to achieve what a no hitter is defined by. Because they still haven't updated the definition and deemed that also allows seven inning games, then this still wouldn't be a no hitter. Right. That's what so, I'm telling you now. The exactly. rule is wrong. It's dumb. And they should change it because they changed the entire definition of what a complete game is now. So they need to change this rule. But they don't need to. Does it need to be a complete game? It needs to be nine. It is, though. It, uh, Okay, well, I think we could. I could say that it should be nine innings, right? Like we shouldn't be playing these stupid seven inning games, but we are. And Major League is telling us to play these seven inning games now. Um, so all the rules should stay the same for a seven inning game as opposed to a nine inning game. So, Bucko, Mike, and me, we are clearly correct on this issue. We can um, come we can, to an agreement here. MLB is dumb. MLB is dumb for putting this situation in our hands. And I'll tell you what. So last year in 2020, I totally understand this rule. 
I get it. I'm cool with it. I'm comfortable with it. Although they did also come out last year in 2020 to tell us that if there's a no-hitter in these type of games, they won't count as such. They came out and told you that they're not changing the rules. There's no different interpretation. That unless it went to extra innings and the pitcher pitched nine innings in that game, it doesn't count as a no-hitter. So they were aware that stuff like this could happen. And I was cool with it in 2020. Perfectly, perfectly understandable. It's 60 games with all the COVID stuff. You're probably playing a lot of you know doubleheaders, which they did, especially talk to the Marlins and Cardinals. But in 2021, I don't really understand why we have to have these seven-inning doubleheaders. So because MLB did this again and more or less put us and not just us, but the players and Madison Bumgarner in this situation, it sucks. Because, okay, I will agree with you. By rule, by definition, this is not a no-hitter. I can see both sides of this. Like, it's not Madison Bumgarner's fault that he was only allowed to pitch seven innings. I totally get that. If I'm Madison Bumgarner, I'm kind of pissed off because I had a no-hitter going. I was feeling myself, and it stopped. I, I couldn't go any further. I had no ability, and eight, you know, ability, I should say, to pitch nine innings. So how's that my fault? Well, what's stupid about this whole thing is like the the rule just is different for different statistics. Like Madison Bumgarner got got credit for a complete game shutout. Like his stats now show that he has one complete game and one shutout for the right. year. Right. So if it was good enough for that, <laughs> like he pitched a complete game shutout with no hits. that's called a no that's called a no hitter like that's what that is called um so like i said baseball if they're going to change this rule and make a game say hey this game is seven innings now there's got to be seven inning no hitters like put in a whole different category i don't care like again you could have like no hitters and then you could have your seven inning no hitters but it's a no hitter like I don't really see what's so difficult and why Major League Baseball can't just be like, the dude threw a complete game and didn't go up a hit. That's a no-hitter. Like, it's just, that's, it's just very logical and easy and makes sense to me. Yeah, Jim. I I, I can't, I I mean, I had to, I had to argue the argument here. I mean, by, again, I get, I completely get both sides. You know, everything that you said is, is correct. But like the guys that I, I feel for on the other sense. You brought up a point where we said, like, no, no one who throw a no hitter like is gonna be pissed that this guy only had to throw seven innings. I kind of get that. I mean, I, there might be a little bit, you know, especially if I mean we're we're all competitive. You know, if I look at that and I'm a guy who like threw no hits, you know, then I look at like Madison Bumgarner, like he only did in seven. Like that kind of pisses me off a little bit here. But it's not even so much the guys that threw no hitters. To me, it's the guys who didn't get to. It's the guys that threw eight inning no hitters that don't get to go in the rule books and down in history as throwing a no hitter. Because you know what? Honestly, I did a lot more than than Madison Bumgarner. I threw eight point two innings of no hit baseball, and no one gives a shit about me. No one's gonna remember me. And it's way harder to throw eight point two innings of no hit baseball than it is seven. And Unless now Madison Bumgarner, Bumgarner goes down in history then, then, uh, as, oh, I throw no hitter. And he only did it in seven. And I pitched way better than him. And no one remembers me ever. Well, then, you, listen, you put in its own separate category. Say it's a seven-inning no hitter. And 
move on with our lives. <laughs> I don't want to move on. <laughs> so I guess um, I'm okay. I'm okay with either. I'm, I'm calling this a no hitter. I know even in our texts and our talks, I've called this a no hitter. I'm cool with it. MLB, I get their definition. Either they're going to have to update this, which I think they should. I honestly think they should. They need to change the rule book because you're right. Like it's not Madison Bumgarner's fault if they're going to implement these seven inning games, right? And and that's another thing too. So let's talk about that. People were wondering about well, well, what if there's like a rain delay and they shorten the game and such, right? They don't call that a no hitter. Well, I think the fair argument is because it wasn't scheduled for just those seven innings or whatever. Like it was shortened. It's acknowledged that it wasn't a complete game, so you don't get credit for the no hitter. Right. And like by definition, it's nine innings. But because MLB now has implemented, has scheduled that games are to be played in its entirety at seven innings, I do think they need to schedule it or update this. And I don't know. You said about like an asterisk and like a seven next to it or something. I don't know how we're going to do it because I'm fully on board. You know, after all the steroid talks and everything, like I kind of, I, I don't like asterisks. Because I think at some point we're going to have so many asterisks and rule books and stuff that it just it is or it's not. So I don't know if maybe you want to do like no hitter, like you said, parentheses seven to define it. Maybe that does make a little more sense. Yeah, I think that I mean that's I think that's an easy fix to it. Like it, no hitter parentheses seven. Boom. There we go. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> and and again, since it's now defined in the rule book in a certain way, the seven would make sense. And because you might have more of them in the future, you know, so you're seeing, you know, no hitter seven, no hitter seven. You understand what that means opposed to this asterisk and then find out what this one, you know, what does this asterisk mean? Um, I think I'm okay with that because he gets in the rule book and it's also a little bit of, well, it wasn't a real no hitter like everyone else. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it and say, okay, it's a no hitter, but it was in one of those seven inning games. Right. It's still an accomplishment. Cool it's just with that. Yeah. But you're right. It all comes down to the stupid seven inning stuff because a seven inning game is is dumb. Last year again, totally get it. Last year wasn't a real season. This year is more of a real season. We don't need it. I mean, these seven inning games, you want to talk about like hiding inefficiencies. You know, if you're a if you don't have a good bullpen. Oh yeah. Like, this is, you love this. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't real baseball. It, it, it just it's just not and it, it can really hide some inefficiencies for teams that can come out victorious i mean that's two full innings two innings of you know your relievers that you don't have to use if your pitching goes six you bring your closer you're done yeah i'm i'm not a fan of them whatsoever uh I, i'm cool with them like they've been around in minor league baseball for as long as i can remember i'm cool with that right yeah, because who cares <laughs> Right. <laughs> Those games, they don't really matter, right? Um, you're, you're not trying to, like, go out there and blow out your prospects' arms and, you know, make everybody pitch. But, I mean, when, when you're talking about Major League Baseball and, you know, we you can bring up the Marlins last year as an example. Like, the Marlins really took advantage of mm. the, this role a lot. Like, how many seven-inning games did the Marlins play last year? So you had the Marlins who ended up making the postseason because – they necessarily didn't have to to have as deep of a bullpen as everybody else. They didn't have to, you know, go to their 
middle relievers in games as many times as other teams and, and get through that stretch of the game. Um, and that, that allowed the Marlins to literally get into a postseason that they right. they probably wouldn't have been in otherwise. Um, and I'm not saying they wouldn't have been, but you know, the Marlins were a team that last year, you know, let's be honest, they, they, on paper, they weren't that great. <laughs> they, they just somehow, they played a bunch of these seven inning games and they were able to take advantage of them. Yeah, they, they had decent enough starting pitching. They mm-hmm. they didn't they don't have a good bullpen, and like you said, like it did it helped them out. It helped them to get into a playoff situation, like because they had to play a lot of them. I mean, it almost benefited them to not play games. <laughs> yeah, you know, to catch the the Rona and not play games, so they played a bunch of seven inning games and then got their way into a playoff spot. Um, yeah, so I, I'm totally with you. The seven innings is just stupid. So really, this all comes down to once again blaming baseball, blaming MLB that we're ta- even talking about this. So I guess yes, kudos Basically. to Madison Bumgarner. Even though we all hate you and you suck, <laughs> kudos to him for his seven inning no hitter. But yeah, like none you- of us actually like you. Don't take this as us liking <laughs> you, Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> right. <laughs> And to be honest, like we say you suck in jest, but uh, yeah, he's pretty much sucked since uh, <laughs> since his days in uh, Arizona. So now, now he gets a no-hitter. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, the seven innings really helped out the Marlins because their lack of bullpen. But I'll tell you what. You know who doesn't have much of a lack of a bullpen right now? Those second-place buckos. You want to talk way. about a decent... <laughs> and I'm still holding my reservations. Okay. Recently, they they've been qualified. I will say it as a lights out bullpen. Recently, right on this little stretch they've had, but they are honestly a decent bullpen, and it it starts at like the very top for me. Rich Rod has been outstanding this year, Jim. I mean, I think he's beaten all of our expectations. It's not as if we thought he was a bad pitcher by any means. We thought he was to be a good trade chip. Um, but like he is just on a whole nother level right now. And, you know, it's funny. We've all been tuned into this Padres Dodgers series, right? Um, you're watching some games around baseball, and there's definitely a lot of teams that could use some bullpen help. Richrod. Richrod is putting his way right there, I think, on the top of the list of trade targets this year. Let's put up some stat cast numbers on the screen. So not okay. So obviously he has, as we mentioned, you know, he's been good. Um, for his year, he's pitched nine point one innings. He has a zero ERA. But it's it looks like it's not just smoke and mirrors. It's not just small sample. Mm-hmm. Like his expected ERA, one hundred percentile. Expected wOBA, one hundred percentile. Expecting batting average, ninety nine percentile. Like people aren't hitting off him, and they're not supposed to. And he is just like what gets me to this year is he is just throwing his fastball like at an unpaced match rate. You know, he's yeah, throwing it a lot like this year. Like that's all he's doing is <laughs> yeah. throwing his fastball. Mm-hmm. He's basically saying, All right, here, hit this, and they can't. He's thrown his fastball eighty nine percent of the time this year. That's crazy. Um hundred and fourteen pitches and a hundred and four of them have been fastballs. So that's yeah, it's insane. Um, 
whatever it is, p- people aren't picking it up. They are, they're not hitting it. They're not squaring it up. He hasn't given up a barrel yet this year. He, um, and it's, it's crazy. Cause it's not like, you know, you, you may see that out of somebody who's like overpowering stuff, you know, but he has, he throws average velocity, 93.2. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, he's not out here throwing um, one-on-one. It's yeah. not like you're all this Chapman. I mean, it's like, here, hit this fastball. I know you can't because I throw it 104. Yeah, it's, this day and age, like that's just that's a pretty pedestrian fastball. Um, so it's like, but something is something is a something about that fastball. Hitters can't pick it up. Um, they can't square it up. They can't make good contact on it. I'm kind of looking at the data on it, and I can't really see anything as to like. <laughs> I mean, like it's, it's got <laughs> really nice movement. Like he's it got has good movement to it. Um, and I think that probably just has more to do with like the arm slot, you know, where, where, where he just releases the ball. <sighs> Cause I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a four seam fastball. Like, right. But I think it's just his location on it. Just had he's if you, if you look at kind of the heat chart where he throws it, you know, up in the zone, um, and then like out outside the righties and inside to lefties. So that's yes. kind of where he's been living um, with, with that pitch pretty much all year. And, and yet yeah, it is working. He has not given up a run knock on wood here since August 30th of last year, he has pitched 22 straight uh, scoreless uh, appearances. He has 22 straight games without giving up a run. Um, I joked the other day. He's 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 in like the Eric Gagne territory. He's he's coming up on that where he's just he's just going out there, and you expect him to just pitch a pitch a scoreless uh, inning every time out. He's he's been amazingly consistent. Um, just absolutely outstanding this year. I'm with you. And it's like, you know, he, he came over from the Orioles and no one had any expectations. And like, he had that really, really fine rookie season for the pirates, you know? And it seemed like after that, it kind of went downhill for him. Um, he had a really low 2018 season, but I think a lot of us made the effort and point to that. It came a lot on the early part. It, really. If you look at his numbers in 2018, he finished a lot better. I'm not going to say he was like outstanding by any means, but he, he wasn't as bad. He wasn't as terrible. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm sorry. I was 18 in 2019. Um, in 2019, you know, like he finished the year a lot stronger. There's a lot of mm-hmm. really, really poor earlier starts that, you know, made his whole season that year bad, which it looked like a 372 ERA. We knew the home runs was a big issue, you know, on the year 1.9 home runs per nine. But again, it settled down more than the second half, and it carried over in 2020. You know, as you mentioned, last year was actually a really good season in the shortened time. I know 23 innings pitched, but the K's are up, the walks were down again, the home runs normalized a bit, 2.7 ERA, and then yes, like it's just carried on again from this year. So it's like really when you look at his career, he's actually had a pretty pretty good career. Like if you take out that 2019 early portion. It's been solid, but it's been like progressively getting better since then as well. And yes, he's it's just like lights out, but he's not doing it with anything fancy. Like no one talks yeah. about this. Oh my God, Rich Rod is just spitting it out there because he doesn't throw anything about the fastball, <laughs> you know? And like you yeah. look at the fastball yeah. and you're like, how can't guys hit this? You know, it's nothing like 
it's not like Cedarlin's coming out there to pitch and you're getting excited because, oh, my God, like this guy can throw or, you know, I'll, to bring him up. It's not like back when we had like Vasquez, you know, you just look at that fastball like, holy hell, is that amazing. But then he also pairs it with this outstanding slider. No, Rich Rogers says, I'm going to throw you 93 every single time. Hit it. And guys can't. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. Um it, yeah, because you would watch him, right? If you if you just turned on a game and it was the first time ever watching Richard Rodriguez pitch, and you just saw him just throwing ninety three mile an hour fastballs time after time after time after time, just consistently, you'd be like, "How is this dude? How is this dude unhittable?" He's, he's, oh, literally, he's, he's given up one hit all year. Nine and yes. third innings, he's given up one hit. He's only walked one batter. Um, he's just not like people are not getting on base. There, he, and it's not even that like he's striking out a ton of people. His mm-hmm. strikeouts are actually down this year. But people are, just, I mean, they're putting the ball in play against him. They just, they aren't hitting it hard. They're hitting it, they're, they're popping it up. Um, yeah. His pop up, like everything's been a pop up. So there, something with that fastball, it must be rising or something. Like no one can get the barrel on it. Um, the average, I think I saw here, average um, launch angle this year versus rich rod 32 degrees right um 32 degrees so i mean people are just popping the ball up against them um that's double launch angle than normal against him so like typically he's in that 16 16 uh 16 degree range but uh yeah this year 32 degree average launch angle they're hitting the ball 90 miles an hour off the bat so hey they're just they're just popping it up yep and like you said, like it just mm-hmm. it's it's like a bit of an anomaly seeing this because like you're right, there's nothing that just stands out when you watch him, but he's doing it. And I know it's it's small sample right now, right? These nine point one innings that we're talking about, but this isn't as if this is coming out of nowhere. Like that's why I want to bring it up. Like you know, in 2019, that second half was pretty solid. 2020, even though it was short seasoned, it carried over. It was solid, and here we still are. And of course, it's on a whole other tier. And I don't expect Rich Rod to go, you know, one hit every nine innings, you know, pitched. But he's showing the consistency. He's showing that he is. I he easily. We saw that Dodgers Padres series, right? Sunday night game when they had whomever was pitching out there, right? The uh, I I forget, but both bullpens. I mean, we see injuries happening, but still, like both bullpens, they could have like imagine if Rich Rod was in that bullpen right there. He, imagine, okay, so you already have your closer, you have a setup guy. Like imagine Rich Rod being in like your middle inning somewhere. You want to talk about deep bullpen, you know? And I don't think this guy's gonna be looked at as upon like some elite type of closer, but you put him in your middle innings. I mean that that bullpen just got so much deeper. Unless you have you know something in games, it doesn't matter. But you know, <laughs> I mean, this, right. this is a real commodity here. And again, like he is doing it. If you want someone who's hot now, which is what a lot of guys go after for bullpen arms, you know, like who, who's looking good? He's looking good right now, but he also has a bit of a track record here. I'm loving Rich Rod this year. I think he can really bring in some. I'm not going to say a haul, but like he might be the biggest ticket this year. And that's not, I think, what many of us were really expecting. I think the Padres should trade for him, and then they can just to shut down games. Just go Rich Rod and then Melanson. <laughs> After Joe, it's going to get Joe Musgrove, <laughs> Rich Rod, and then Melanson. 
Musgrove, like yeah, Rich Rod Melanson. There it That's is. That's what we're going to do. That would be that would be fun to see. <laughs> now now we have more reason to actually root for the Padres, you know? Yeah, yeah. Melanson up there throwing 92 every time. And then and yeah. Rich Rod throwing 93. You get those two guys just uh, going back to back. Along with Musgrove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the anomaly of 2021 pitching. It's full old school. Yeah. Right? But no, I completely agree. I think I think um Rich Rod's gonna be looked at as someone who's gonna be a valuable piece at this deadline, I I think. So I, I, I would I would be expecting a move to be made with Rich Rod involved. Um and, and yeah, I mean he, with somebody who could kind of shore up a, a bullpen. Like, I mean, obviously right-handed relievers typically aren't valued that high, but if if Richard Rodriguez, let's say Richard Rodriguez is this team's all-star, right? And you have Richard Rodriguez, your all-star Pirates closer, they're going to be able to get something for him. For sure. And that's what's saying. Like, he might be the best chip. And it's a bit, I mean, it is saying a bit to him. I and mean, we are talking about him. He has been mm-hmm. lights out this year so far. I think a lot of it, too, is also by default. I mean, it's clearly not going to be Chad Cool. It's, you know, like... Yeah, Adam yeah. Frazier, I guess, would be the only one pushing for, like, who might bring the biggest haul back, because mm-hmm. Adam Frazier has also, as we're talking about, Rich Rod. Adam Frazier's had an outstanding start of his 2021 career season, um, but you know, obviously, too, this type of a reliever opposed to that type of second baseman, you know, I, I think you might get more out of Rich Rod than him. But regardless, like, and that thing too, like, he is controllable. I mean, there's some value to that. You know, I don't think that too many teams are going to stand out and say, well, we want Rich Rod because he has three years of control. It's not like a position player. Relievers are so inexpendable and they can just one day dis- dissipate and be a bum. So I don't think that's going to add too much to his value. But I mean, there still is three years of control. You know, it's not just like getting a rental here, um, <clears throat> which also just kind of weird to talk about. Like there's three years left of control for Richard Rodriguez. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and he's not—he's not young by any means. He's 31 now. Right. He was—you know—he was a super late bloomer. Pirates acquired him, I think, when he was 28. So, um, you know, that that first year he was with us, even though that was that was his rookie year, he—he <clears throat> uh, he, he definitely wasn't a a young guy. Um, but but no, he's been been a solid piece of this bullpen for this is now his fourth year in the bullpen, and and yeah, he had that one little hiccup to start 20. 19 um but really other than that the second half of 2019 and and every other year he's been he's been the most consistent arm on this team yes yep definitely not the most sexiest but definitely the most consistent yeah Yeah, definitely not the sexiest now to to pivot here a little bit to another guy uh talk about somewhat maybe a little more sexier i don't know it's up to you but sam howard (laughs) <laughs> Sam <laughs> Sam Howard has has looked so he's like another one like Rich Rod you know he came from Colorado you didn't have a whole lot of expectations last year he kind of proved himself that like he belonged in this rotate or bullpen um and then he comes out this year and it seems like he's he's stepping up a whole nother notch uh S- Sam Howard is is there anything to talk about him because we want to talk about stat cast. Let's talk about that a little bit. You know, we talk about expected stuff, right? Well, you know, the expected batting average for Sam Howard, 94% towel. His K rate, 94. Here's a, here's one thing that stands out to me though. His whiff rate, he's in the hundred percent towel rate. He 
is like guys, you want to talk about guys that can't hit his stuff right now. It's Sam Howard. All right. When you look at his pitches, he throws a little bit more. He throws uh, the four seamer and the slider. But again, like he, he mixes up a bit more. The four seamers at 40%, the sliders at 60%. And guys are whiffing on it more than 50% of the time on each pitch. Both pitches are like outstanding. Guys aren't connecting with it. They're batting 056 on the slider, 182 on the fastball. They're not really getting much on it as well. Uh, let's talk about exit velocity. He's 84 mile per hour exit velocity. Like guys are not hitting it hard. They're not. That's when they hit it. You know what I mean? Like usually they're, they're whiffing on it. So is there something more to Sam Howard as well this year? Is he building upon 2020? He definitely is. And I think what has been the most impressive part about Sam Howard, he has amazing command of both of those pitches, Um, which, you know, out of a reliever, a lot of times the reason why people go to the bullpen, you know, is because, you know, maybe their control isn't that great. They, you know, his, his walk rate is still kind of high, but he's throwing those two pitches exactly where you would want to see those two pitches thrown. And he's avoiding throwing them in the places that you don't want to see them thrown. Yeah. Um, so like, it's, it's crazy. I actually don't know if I've ever seen a pitch chart like his, I'm looking at it right now and his slider, he is not throwing a slider from the middle part of the plate in to a lefty all year long out of 81 pitches. He literally has not thrown a slider on the inner half of the plate. It literally hasn't happened all year. He's keeping that slider down in the way to lefties. He's keeping it in against righties. And so he's not making mistakes with the pitch. He's, he's, he's putting it exactly where he wants to put it. And same with the fastball, the fastball's either been up in the zone or in and in against righties. Um, you know, jamming people. It's just, he's, he has just excellent command of those two pitches so far this year. He's not making mistakes. And it, I don't really care what your stuff is like, but if you throw your pitches exactly where you want to every time, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard for a hitter to, to do anything with it. I mean, at the end of the day, hitting is hitting is is probably the hardest thing to do in in sports. Like, regardless of of you know yeah. other, it's it's hard. It's incredibly difficult to do, especially when the pitcher puts the ball exactly where he wants. And that's what Sam Howard's been doing this year: pinpoint command and control of both of his pitches. He's throwing it where he wants. He's not making mistakes with it. And when pitchers don't make mistakes, they don't give up runs. So that's what we've been seeing out of Sam Howard. Very impressive so far. He was he looked great last year. He looks even better this year. That's where I'm at with him too. I, mean, I think like for both of them, like Rich Rod and Sam Howard, like the one thing because when you look at like you want to go with downs like the spin rate stuff, like his slider, his slider isn't like impressive in the sense where like Kyle Crick, you know, you don't look at like Kyle, you look at Kyle Crick slider, like holy shit, look at that movement, you know. We look at Sam Howard, you don't really say that. But like you're saying, it's more as he's hitting his spots. The slider doesn't have a whole ton of movement. It's not where it's like, oh, wow, this slider looks so impressive. He spins the hell of this baseball. No, but you're right. Like he's pitching effectively, um, much like Rich Rod, but he's also using a slider, <laughs> unlike Rich Rod. Um, yeah. You know, like again, his slider is 60% of the time. 
and, and he's just putting it in the right spots, and guys aren't hitting it. They they cannot, which that's the part, too, that just kind of baffles me. I mean, 50% whiff rate, that's incredible. Like, if you look at that, you just imagine this guy has just filthy, filthy stuff, but that's really not Sam Howard's game. Like if this was, again, Cal Crick that we were talking about, it would almost make more sense. But he just he, he, his his issues like they're inversed. He has yeah. zero command of his pitches. He has <laughs> no idea where that baseball's going. But that baseball just moves so much that it certainly baffles hitters. Uh, where Sam Howard, it's like he knows exactly where it's going. It just doesn't have a whole ton of movement, um, and guys can't can't get to it. So and again, like that's too like with the fastball, it's fifty percent as well. You know, he's thrown both pitches. You know, his slider 81 times, his fastball 52% of the time or 52 times. Guys don't don't square up on it when they do hit it, and half the time they don't connect with it at all. Yeah, and if I mean if you're listening to this, just like do yourself a favor and just pull up Sam Howard's you know pitch charts on like where where his locations are. Um it's incredible. I mean, there are entire there are entire pieces of the strike zone that he just completely does not throw the ball. Like he does not throw the ball in specific areas. And it's, it's one of the, it's, it's actually one of the most, it's one of the best pitch charts I've ever seen. (laughs) Well, there's a stamp right there. I mean, no, I'm serious. Like I, I don't know if I've ever seen a pitch chart like his sliders. Or his, I mean, his fastball and slider, there's literally at least 50% of the strike zone that he just does not touch. Right. Yeah. Like, there's not even, like, a one-off situation. Like, he doesn't touch it. Right. (laughs) It's all, all all the one-offs are Are way further outside. when When he misses, it's a ball. He doesn't miss in the strike zone. Right. So... You know, that's why I say, like, we talk about this bullpen here, and, you know, that was one of the strengths, and we say strengths lately. It was one of their strengths on a bad team. Here's two guys we talk about that were performing a lot better than we expected, anticipated. Um, definitely want to highlight them, too. Even further into the bullpen, let's talk about even more players. Uh, you know, I did bring up Kyle Crick. I think both of us were really wondering, like, what is Kyle Crick this year? Is he even, like, DFA-worthy? Right, we talked about that as a potential. Um, is there anything about Kyle Crick? I know the numbers stand out as far as like, okay, he also has like a zero ERA. Um, technically speaking, you know, he looks good in those those situations. Is Kyle Crick back to a degree where you're confident and comfortable with him being in that rotation? Like, is this sustainable to a degree? Um. He's still got to show me that he can not walk people. He, he, I, I do obviously like the slider movement. It's, it's excellent. Um, but again, it's just the, the command of the pitch. Like right now he's just like being effectively wild at this yes. point. Yeah. You know, eight, eight, eight scoreless innings. Like people aren't hitting the ball off of them. Um, they're not hitting it hard. They are, you know, they're, they're swinging and missing, which is, which is good to see. He um, just, yeah, it's not necessarily like his, 
his slider just kind of just goes all over the place. And, and he, he gets success when he can start that slider in the strike zone and it moves just outside of the zone. That's where he's successful. He just doesn't always do that. Right. Um, so it, I think I'm going to have like a wait and see approach. I will <laughs> say the, look the, at the, his chart. <laughs> yeah. I mean the, the, the slider, the slider is elite. Like the movement on it, it moves like crazy. Um, and it's moving more this year than it did last year. It's moving. It's actually the, the horizontal break on his slider this year is the the highest it's ever been in his career um, so far. So, so that's, and I would say he's that's the number one rated as far as spin rate. He has the highest yeah. spin rate on his slider also in baseball. Yeah. So, yeah. So he, he is, um, the, the slider's moving. It's, it's a good pitch. Uh, so that's all that that's good to see, right? Obviously, he 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 that pitch he has locked down. He he needs to throw it and you know he needs to have a little bit more command of it, but so far so good. He's throwing it well enough that he's he's getting people to chase, he's getting people to swing and miss. Uh he's getting people to just roll over on it. So it's uh it's working so far. I'd like to see a little bit more of it. I'd like to see the walks obviously still go down because at some point in time you know he's gonna hang a couple of those sliders and if he hangs a slider you just don't want people to be on base so right just try to avoid people getting on base you know i i don't want to see walk rates in the in the mid-teens see if we can get that down a little bit so that's why like um, i'm i'm still i'm still worried about Kyle Crick for those reasons as well. I mean, the stuff that we want to see improve, obviously, like the, the velocity. The velocity isn't back to the degree of like where it once was, but it's certainly approved upon. You know, it's respectable. I mean, it's we just talked about Rich Rod's fastball at 93, mm-hmm. and that's Kyle Crick as well. Oh, that's not normally yeah. where he's at. But here's like a thing, too. So no one's hitting his fastball. <laughs> you would almost think like yeah. if your Kyle Crick is up, right, all you're doing is hunting for fastball. Because you know that that slider is ridiculous, so you're just going to lay off of it. Not even like don't seek the slider; just go after the fastball. And it's not that great of a fastball either. Like we talk, like it's just 93 miles an hour. No one's hit it yet. <laughs> Nobody has hit his fastball. Um, but yeah, that that so that's what worries me is the fastball is back a bit, but the slider also yes, like it's it's almost like it's just too good. Like it's so good of a weapon. He has no. It's like when you watch like a super villain movie or a, a, a movie, right? Like the super villain like takes over these powers, has no idea how to use it. Like that's what Kyle Crick is. Like right. he's took over yeah. this unbelievable power, but he has no idea how to use it. And that's what this slider is. Like it's so good, but it just goes everywhere. And yeah, that's I'm, what I, I feel like. Yeah. I don't, that's it kind of worries me. You know, that's what like, we saw like um, Francisco. Uh, Liriano is like, you know, just people just stop swinging at, like, you know, this slider is coming. You just stop because it's not going to be for a strike and just hunt fastball and, and clean them up. And that's why I still fear a bit of Kyle Crick. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, the, the fastball is up about two miles per hour from last year. So that's obviously good to see. It's still yes. not where he was before. Right. Um, but he used to sit about 95. He was right around 95, 95, around 93. Yeah. Last year he was right around 91. Um, but to be honest, if, if I'm fine with 93 Mm -hmm. with the, with the way his sliders looking right now, 
Um, the slider's great, so I'm cool with the 93 mile an hour fastball as, as long as you're you're putting it where where it needs to be. Um, which again, so far so good. He has walked a lot of people, but the people who haven't walked haven't been able to do anything. So yeah, like you mentioned, I don't know if hitters are going to adjust and just be like, oh, well, I'm just going to not swing then, right? Um, I always think it's a fair point. If yeah, you have Kyle we'll Crick up there, you can just have full intentions of, I'm not swinging the bat once, and you'll probably get on base. I almost want to try this like an experiment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what would happen if you just had a full inning where just no one swung? Like, <laughs> right. Be, I mean, I guess eventually he might catch on and and – but, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. He, um, I said he doesn't throw the ball in the zone very often, but the people chase that slider because it is nasty. Yes, yes, it is. Um, so I don't know. Do you want to go even deeper in the bullpen? I mean, this this bullpen is it's been good, but okay. So I guess let's kind of pivot this and transition this into like the twenty twenty one Pirates. So the I threw out, you know what? I should probably bring these up. The um the team as a whole is in second place. It's 11-11, as we joked about, right? But relatively speaking, the team isn't really that good. I mean, I mean, is is that fair to say, Jim? Is there a lot of enjoy this, enjoy this moment because it's not gonna last soon, probably at all, for this team? I mean, if you if you look at you know, like the team stats and compare them to the rest of the league. The the best the best stat we have compared to the rest of the league is is our is the win loss record. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, the other the other things don't really translate to that. Uh, and I think you know we the, the Pirates clearly caught some breaks. Like they caught the Cubs at the right time. Yeah, you know, playing the Cubs early on in the year when when it seemed like they really didn't know what was going on. Um, I mean, the, the, the Cubs look terrible against the Pirates, um, whereas now the Cubs look a little bit more competent. Um, but competent, yeah, they, a little Not bit good, more competent, competent, right? You know, the Brewers, uh, something happened in that series. The Brewers have been on fire lately, but against the Pirates, they you know they lost that series. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a really fun season to watch so far. Hopefully, you know, it, it continues to. We continue to see good baseball. Um, the bullpen has been good. Like, I mean, that, that, that is the one piece that you can say that you can look at compared to the rest of the league. Say the bullpen has been good. Other than that, the team's been pretty pedestrian, right? Start <laughs> starting pitching has been below average. The offense has been below average. There's a few performances like individual performances out of the offense that you like seeing, right? Like Brian Reynolds, Adam Frazier, Philip Evans, he's started to cool down a little bit, but you know he's he's yeah. still had a pretty good. good to year, add that obviously. list, he's also cooled down a yeah. bit. Colin Moran, another Colin Moran, yeah, yeah. But but same thing. So those are guys that you know you like seeing, you know, doing what they're doing. But overall, the offense hasn't looked great. I said if you, if you compare it to the rest of the league, so right. And then we put I, out some numbers I don't know there. If so like it's sustainable, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's sustainable, but. So far, so good. It's been fun. Right. So, yeah, to kind of put in comparison, right, to put some actual numbers to it. So uh, the Pirates' ranking stacks up against the entire MLB, right? So they're 23rd in way to run created plus. So clearly the bottom half. They are 24th in offensive four. They are 27th in starting pitching ERA. 
that's bad. <laughs> they're tw- they're twenty seven, of course, in starting pitching war. Um, they're eighth in relievers ERA and tenth in relievers war, and they rank twenty seven defensively. So it's like the 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 two things coming this season that you thought would improve upon was defense for one, and the relievers, right? The bullpen. The bullpen certainly has so far. The defense has not translated at all. And I think we all can attest that with the eye test as well. Not just these numbers. The defense has looked pretty, pretty poor. And I think it was more in the early season. I think it's gotten better since then. Mm-hmm. But still, overall picture, right? It's It's been a pretty, pretty bad defense. So, yeah, like when I look at these numbers and I say, well, the only thing that stands out as being above average and decent is the bullpen. And everything else is really, really below average to bad. Well, you're probably not going to have too many leads to use that bullpen, <laughs> right? Which is your strength. So, yes. And like everything you said, too, I mean, these numbers kind of point to it. The run differential, which I know a lot of it was the Cincinnati Reds, you know, series. Um, they got the Cubs at the wrong time. And it almost seems as if every time they they play a team, like their best players hurt. Um, not take away. I mean, that's just that's baseball, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. trying to give all these things to say this is exactly why the Pirates are bad and whatnot. But these are reasons. And I think the ultimate thing, too, as well, is you're right. There are certainly performances that stand out, but it's not as if this team has much depth either, as we clearly see. You know, like I said, the stars and scrubs scenario, it's like, you know, the average Joes and scrubs. Like, there's mm-hmm. some that are performing pretty decent. But, like, if Brian Reynolds goes down for an extended period of time, what is that outfield? <laughs> you know, like, how bad has this team That's really true. become now um, and, and such? You know, the starting pitching, like Tyler Anderson has really shown that he's he's been a lot better than we thought. JT Brubaker has been really, really good. Like if one of those goes down, then who's really next? Who's up? So, you know, that's the thing I fear too. Like the injuries are going to happen right now. Um, Pirates have been fortunate so far. No key. Well, I guess you know, obviously there has been one major key one. That's Cabron Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, like this team doesn't have a whole lot of depth at all either for a whole season. Yeah, I think I think you know at the beginning of the year and during the off season, that's kind of the thing that that I harped on. That's going to ultimately be the reason why this team you know breaks down is just the lack of depth. Um, again, the outfield depth, you're kind of already seeing it. You know, we're, we already we already DFA two outfielders. <laughs> right. The the the, the next guys up really. 25th, yeah, yeah. So. And then it's like, okay, who's even there now to to play? You now have Brian Reynolds moving over to center. Um, yeah, I mean, what happens? Like, what you know, Gregor Plonko goes down. You know, Gregor Plonko goes down. Who 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 takes his spot? If because the injuries are going to happen over the course of a year, so the depth is pretty key. Um, so far, like I said they have been pretty lucky with that. Um, so that's that's been that's been a plus. But yeah, I mean, looking overall, I, I really like what I'm seeing out of Brian Reynolds. I feel like we haven't talked about him enough. Really, really like what I'm seeing out of him because he's he's a guy where he could potentially be part of future contending teams, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's like that one guy on offense right now since Hayes is out that that you're hoping will be around, you know, in two to three years. So it's really nice to see Brian Reynolds be more like 2019 Brian Reynolds as opposed to 2020 Brian Reynolds. I mean, he's been outstanding. He's been outstanding this year, just hitting the ball all over the place. He looks like his 2019 self, 
Um, he does. Which is the approach is is there. He, he looks exactly like he did his rookie year. And uh, and yeah, pitching wise, bullpen. The bullpen's been carrying it. There's been some some you know subpar starting performances, but when the starters do pitch competitively and can get the ball, you know, into the fifth or sixth inning, the defense, the, the bullpen's been able to hold, uh, hold the lead down. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay. And you're right. Go, I, I, you're right. I don't think we have talked about Reynolds enough. He, he deserves more talk in here. So maybe we should change that, but I'm with you. You know, a lot of our concerns this year was Reynolds and Newman, you know, like, are they going to be more of a 2019 version or the 2020 version? Because both of them, Really the same thing. Like they both had really, really good 19 seasons uh, in the rookie year, and then 2020 just fell off a cliff. We're seeing one of one of the players, right? Like it's definitely Brian Reynolds. Reynolds looks very, very much similar to 2019. Um, so you know, 2020, we kind of all talked about like you can kind of chuck that up. It's just a weird year, uh, and I think that's what it is for him. You know, not to say that he's going to bat 300 for the rest of his career and all this, but he's certainly a competent right outfielder he's he's more than just a fine player um and i think that that is more of what you're seeing like this is what brian reynolds is he's having a good year kevin newman whew, i think there's a lot to be judged on him i'm not sure if there's if we're gonna take any positive right now he did hit the home run <laughs> in minnesota he did hit a home run yeah and two other outs were flyouts. so like the ball's getting in the air um <laughs> If there, again, there's like his launch angle has gone from like negative seven to like maybe zero now. So like, if there's some positive, maybe that's what we take out of it. At least the ball went into the air. Uh, but I think there's a lot more to be desired of Kevin Newman. But yes, Brian Reynolds certainly having a nice bounce back. Um, could be the future. We'll see. There's not a whole lot of outfield depth at all either. Like just in the organization, and everything. So that could be another reason why maybe Brian Reynolds is here to stay. Yeah, um, I really, really like what I'm seeing out of him. Back to depth, like again, you talk about like if Gregory Polanco went down. I mean, those were concerns like Gregory Polanco. Let's talk about roster spots, people who didn't in the offseason didn't want to see on this team, right? I mean, one of them was Polanco, just DFA him. One of them was Paul Moran. He sucks. He's a bum. Um, Philip Evans, you know, what's he going to be? Those are all guys that, that are playing fairly well right now. You know, uh, of all of them, Polanco's got the worst. Offensive output at a 99 way to run creative plus. So he's right about average. Uh, the guy that people were, were harping for and telling to be on the team, speaking of depth, was Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier currently is 0 for 14 with a negative 77, I believe, way to run creative plus. Uh, so, yeah, if we're talking about depth. Todd Frazier is another piece, and it's not looking too good either. So just to kind of carry over. I'm sorry, but just kind of carry over from our last show on NS9 Live where – he apparently wanted to go off that he made the club. He's over 14 now. Not sure if that's really deserving of talking too much trash on Twitter, but he's over 14 now. Yeah, and I think now that um, the designated hitter, I, I, I think he was brought up mainly because the potential of, of you know that that DH, you know. But I think now that we're back playing National League ball. Um, I think his days are numbered. We could see a we could see a Todd Frazier DFA here any day now. <laughs> right. I mean at like, what point you can't you can't let a guy Hayes is saying he's feeling better. 
Yeah. I, I think mean, that's it, his yeah. his clock when Cabrian Hayes comes think, up. Yeah, I think that's the move. I mean, you don't you don't need a designated hitter now. They don't play an American League team on the road until the end of May, May 31st. So, like what's Todd Todd Frazier's role on this team without a DH? Not the way Moran's playing, not the way <laughs> Philip Evans is playing. You're going to get Brian yeah. Hayes back. And it's not as if he's playing his way on the team. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I, there's the, the, the uh, Fraser's not doing anything to help his, his ability to stay here. If he's going to be here, you know, he needs to at least hit a little bit and he hasn't done that yet. So yeah, his days are numbered. I think, I think as soon as, as soon as Hayes is back, Fraser's gone. Right. Which, uh, Probably going to be hopefully sooner. Hopefully soon. We we heard that Cabrian Hayes re-injured his uh, his wrist, got checked out. It's okay. They said he's probably just got to play through it type of thing. And he's well, I should say he did, but Shelton came out and said that Cabrian is feeling a lot better uh, recently with the wrist. So yeah, maybe Cabrian Hayes season returns here shortly, which I think we all would love to see. Um, as mentioned, the world's coming to town. Then the Cubs. Cubs are playing better. Royals are playing good. Not to be the downer. This could be the last time we see the 500 Pirates. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see the Royals. They they um they've got a good pitching staff. Do we face Danny Duffy at all? Because he's just been like out of this world. Um, I, I, I haven't looked at the. I haven't looked to see who lines yeah. up against who. Doesn't look like we get Duffy. So. That's good because he's been he's been awesome. So yeah, that's uh yeah two lefties. It looks like two lefties this week. Mm. I don't know. Pirates don't, don't fare well against lefties, so it's a right righty and a lefty. Okay. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm glad to have baseball back. Yesterday was an off day, so I feel like there's been too many off days in April, and we get you know, two. Baseball. And we get two yeah. this week. Yesterday yeah, and then Thursday, me. we get an off day. Killing me. Oh, we're gonna get Mike Miner tomorrow. Yeah. Well, even though he's a lefty, maybe we'll have some success against him. All right. Yep. Yep. Um. So, any other last words before we go? And we covered it all. Good deal. All right. Well, then I guess uh, we'll be back. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Later.